Hey everyone and welcome to another episode of the Anxious Lad podcast. Uh, joining me all the way from the Gold Coast in Australia is Kyle Current. Kyle, how are you, buddy? Oh, I'm doing uh, good things, brother. How are you? Not bad, mate. Not bad. It's a, uh, that's a very loud shirt you have on for the, <laughs> the camera yeah, today. I like, I like, to, like, to, like to express myself the best way that I can and uh, bring people joy anywhere that I can. <laughs> Absolutely. It, I tell you, just even by the, the clothes both of us are wearing, it just goes to show the weather we're both sitting in. So it's, it's like <laughs> seven o'clock in the morning here. It's freezing. I've got my hat on. You know, it's what is it? Six, seven o'clock in the evening for you? Uh, it's about five o'clock here. Five o'clock. Five o'clock. PM. Okay. Five PM. And and nice and warm with a shirt like that on, I guess as well. Uh, it's <laughs> it's coming. It's it's coming into the colder months now. So it's a bit colder than it usually is, and then it was a couple of weeks ago. But uh, it's still, still, still warm. <laughs> yeah, good stuff. Good stuff. Well, listen, first of all, listen, thanks a million for taking the time out um, to come on the show and have a chat with me. I really, really appreciate it. Um, I think, you know, like like all the guests, and I kind of say this at the start of every show, you know, you and I have had a lot of, <laughs> of conversations kind of building up to this. Uh, this is take two of the podcast because take one didn't go overly well. No. Um, <laughs> The internet connection between Australia and Ireland wasn't wasn't stable enough, um, no. but it but it have, like it, genuinely it's it, it's an absolute pleasure to have you on, and I'm I'm, I'm looking forward to this chat um, and Thank for you. you to share your story with uh, with with the listeners. So I think we'll we'll kind of jump on into it, right, in terms of 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 your story and where and how I guess not where but how you're kind of mental health started to deteriorate later on in 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 years um and i guess one of the biggest misconceptions we see about mental health right is that it has to be from some sort of trauma you know it might be that a, a parent or a loved one or you know a spouse died or something like that or it's 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 childhood trauma that's coming back to bite you years later or whatever but in in your case it was actually a, a, a physical illness a disease almost um do you want to give the guys a bit of a background into into that aspect first of all before we go any further yeah yeah of course and um i want to say thank you again for having me on the a podcast i do appreciate it um i know it's been a a few months long time coming back and forth but i appreciate it all again <laughs> um so for, for me like where do i start so basically I didn't start walking until I was two. Um, my mom, I'm the oldest of five, the oldest of five siblings. Um, and my mom um, basically thought there was something because I didn't start walking until I was two. And she, being a mother, she was concerned. So she um, took me to the to the doctors and the hospital. And um, I later uh, found out that it's it's a, the condition I've got, like we found out later, it's like it's a it's a muscle and nerve disorder. So for those um, that are watching this, it's called Charcot Marie Tooth. So it's spelled C H A R C O T hyphen Marie M A R I E hyphen Tooth, and it's it's named after the three the three people that founded it, and it's it's a hereditary nerve disease, muscle disease, and what it does is, as far as I'm aware. Um, it affects, I believe, one in six people worldwide, um, and it's a weakness of the muscle. It's a mixture of different diseases. So, um, 
there's different different specific types on it, but there's still research done because they can't really diagnose specific type. So for me, I'm one of those people. So um, for I'm now almost 30. So for the last 20, 25 plus years, I've always had research done and everything that they do comes back normal. Um, like that comes from muscle biopsies, that comes from just nerve conduction tests, like just strength tests and stuff like that. And all the specialists do all the tests and comes back normal. Now the disease is actually hereditary. So my, my old man, my father's got it, um, but he's never really seen doctors and stuff. He sort of just lived his life the best way that he can. Right. Um, and it affects different parts of the body. Like he's got it from the, the waist down, whereas I've got it from the neck down. So I've got scoliosis in my spine. Um, it's funny. We, um, it's a, the, there's a term, um, my father, people that, uh, make fun of it. We're very, I guess you could say a bit of a joker. I mean, they call it wine glass legs. <laughs> Cause it's like, literally we've got this, <laughs> got this uh, thing. We've got these skinny legs. So it affects like the way we walk strength, the muscles, like it's the, it's weakness of the muscles right. basically. And it's for someone that's my age, I didn't really have the, the strength of a normal person that was my age. So being in school, like growing up in school, I got, I got primary school, I got picked on um, a lot because of the way I walked, I couldn't really run or do things mm -hmm. because of how weak the muscles were in the body. Um, I couldn't, I mean, look, I couldn't, yeah, I mean, that was the main thing. It was more physical than anything, uh, but yeah, obviously yeah. the mental and emotional stuff stuff come stemmed from that. Um, being bullied, being being called names, being called this and that on the sun. I couldn't do things. And that stemmed all the way through my school years, up into high school as well, um, where I'd, I'd get picked. It was more so verbal than anything, but mm -hmm. so it, was a, it was a couple of times in primary school where I used to get, just pushed and shoved. I had a best friend in school. His name was Kyle as well. And he used to sort of run away just to sort of see what my reaction was. And then I couldn't find him. I feel like I was all alone and stuff like that because I was always getting segregated with my friends and they'd pick on me because of that. Um, got, got dropped on my head in school, like picked up and dropped on my head as, as, a, as a youngster. Just because I love wrestling. I love, I love wrestling. And one of the kids, which I realize now, um, he's actually a wrestler himself now, but he loved wrestling as well. So he decided to, Pick me up and suplex me, drop me on my head in school. Um, that was when I was, I think, I don't know how old I was. It might have been, would have been oh, grade four or five. Um, but yeah, I didn't really do, I did sports, but I wasn't a, I really, I, I got involved in it, but I couldn't do certain things other people yeah, would. I'd yeah. try and get myself involved. And the teachers would be aware of it as well. And then when I finished primary school, I went into high school um, and basically, all throughout high school, I I wouldn't. I was the shortest kid in grade in grade twelve. I would. I was one of like the nerds, you would say. Um, I was always. I've always an avid learner as well. So that's really what um, stemmed from that. And, and people, I get picked on because of I had splints on my ankles to help me walking. And the school I was at is pretty big. Um, there was I think there was about three hundred plus grade twelve students who graduated in that year. Nice. I, I graduated. Um, and then during that period, I was going through a, a charity place called Montrose Access and they'd like help me with supports and stuff like that with my ankles, like ankle bracelets and help me walk. And um, it'd be very painful, mm -hmm. um, yeah, but yeah. they end up funding, funding a granny scooter. 
So those mobility scooters that you go around it because I was yeah, just yeah. going from one end of school to the other end. So it was just quite, quite, it, it take me a while to get to that point. Cause I couldn't, I couldn't, I was, I got so tired throughout the day and the school would, they built, I believe that, I don't know if this is true or not. I've just got mentioned this, but they built footpaths and stuff like that. And, and when the kids, this is grade 10. So I was about, about 15. Mm-hmm. Um, the kids saw that. And prior to that, I was, segregated but once it once hit grade 10 it got to the well, i think it was end of grade nine i got the scooter which is about 14 they saw that and they saw that oh why is this kid got this scooter in the school so that that they look at me like i was like oh why has he got this and this and i was still segregated and i was i was picked last and i wouldn't do certain things so i was just put in that i guess you could say put put to the side and, and, but did you did you find that with you know, we're getting the scooter with the school kind of making, make it, I guess, more accessible for you to get around and easier for you to get out. Did you find that the spotlight was on you then even more? Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah I, I believe that, yeah, the spotlight was definitely on me more and I get kids like just saying stuff to me that I didn't even really need to say like that, that, um, that basically just, it wasn't called for at the end of the day. Like I was always yeah. had good mates and stuff like that, but it's just a, I wouldn't even, so I wouldn't, so I, I would socialize, but I would be like the joker in school. Um, but looking back now, like those things actually make a detriment effect to you later on in life. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, mental, like mental health side of, I, um, I've sort of always, being someone that's been a happy-go-lucky guy mm-hmm. um but coming into doing the sort of mental health work it's sort of really deep related trauma um and that's just not realizing it, but it's affected me later on in life in my adulthood yeah yeah so and what was it like then because i guess you know look we've we've talked about i kind of know the story um so let, let's give the guys a bit of an insight into it as well. So you kind of leave high school, you're into your, your late teens, early, early twenties. Um, and the lads are going out, your mates are going out to the, to the bar and stuff and to the pub for pints and drinks and stuff. How, how was that time of, of your life for you? Yeah. So when I left school, um, as I used to, I've always been an avid, learner and love love learning this mm-hmm. stuff so i went from school to tafe to university so i was studying um as you would when you're between the ages of 18 to 20 or most most men do it which is you've got to enjoy your life where you can yeah, um, i'd yeah. drink i'd drink every weekend hanging out with the boys and just partying and stuff um and that would just allow me to feel like i was socially accepted but it got to the point where I've now, probably a few years ago, I realized that I was actually doing it to numb the physical pain I was feeling because mm-hmm. I was always in pain with the condition that I've got. Um, and that played havoc every weekend. Like I'd, I'd get to the point where I'd get intoxicated just because everyone else was. Yeah. yeah. Um, as much as I didn't. Like, I mean, I, I enjoyed a drink because I was 18 or 21. It was a sort of norm you do, right? Yeah, um, absolutely. But as you get older, you get wiser at the same mm-hmm. time. And looking back as well, it's like, it's actually played detriment to my health now. 
because now I'm trying to fix my health. I'm trying to trying to improve my health, and to the point where I've stopped drinking. But um, I just felt like it was. I felt included. So I felt included in the, in 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 partaking in something that I could actually partake in instead of being pushed pushed being to pushed the side. To the side. And, and, yeah. and would would you have found maybe that there was there was an element of of nearly overcompensating maybe for years of being pushed to the side in high school and stuff, and all of a sudden here's this is what all the lads are doing. They're sitting around the bar, they're sitting at the table everyone's just getting smashed did you find you were kind of going harder with the alcohol to catch up to overcompensate to just be part of the crowd almost when i was young like i i did and then i got to the point where i was in i think probably early 20s where i was sort of slowed down a little bit because it was sort mm. of taking a toll on my body yeah, yeah um, but sure. yeah I would, I would i would for sure say i was, I was overcompensating because of the fact that i was I mean, I, I get included, like, don't get me wrong, like, that include my mates, like, I love them, love them to bits, like, they're, they're the boys, I'm still, one of my best mates, still, fr- like, friends with him from high school, mm-hmm. but I love them for who they are now, um, but I got to the point where I was just, I'd definitely be overcompensating, and I didn't really want to, deep down, I didn't really want to drink, like, I didn't feel the need to drink, but because of, I was surrounded by that environment, I just felt like I had to drink. Yeah. Yeah. But there is there is a release, I think, in it, isn't there? And and this yeah. this is one thing. Yeah. yeah. And and and, and I, I've said this a few times in in different posts I've done and and, and and different interviews I've done as well, and that with with men, I guess anyway, especially, we we all tend to kind of suffer the same. Now our journeys in in, in how we get to that point is different. Do you know what I mean? Like for me it was severe anxiety with depressive episodes and stuff and then when i went on the when i went on the meds and my head was just a, a mess for about a year um I, I couldn't wait till friday night because then i could i didn't i, I could have drank every night of the week <laughs> do you know what i mean um but it was like now friday night I'd, I'd sit down and we'd, myself and the wife would catch up with a glass of wine or whatever and that would be our normal sort of friday evening um, but I found I'd have the bottle gone in seconds, just gone. Um, and I think that's something I found really interesting was that as, as men, that's, we all tend to kind of do that. We, like I said, we have a different journey up to that point, but when it gets to a, a bad, you know, when it starts to get bad or whatever, mental health starts to get bad, we all tend to, to suffer the same or to, to try and cope the same, I guess, is, is the easiest way of putting it. So we, we start drinking a lot more. Some lads start going on to the drugs at the weekend or, you know, just trying to find something to release. Not only the, the I guess, for, for me anyway, it wasn't a, a physical pain, obviously, but a, a, it was more the, the mental pain and anguish um, that I was trying to drown out. But then you kind of fall into that, vicious circle and the older you get the hangovers become more prevalent and they, they take longer to, <laughs> to get over um and you it may take three or four three days or whatever to get over it you're back into monday tuesday it's oh and then before you know it, it's friday and you're back on the you're back on the drink again for the weekend so um i think that's one thing we need to raise a bit of awareness about is is how quickly slippery slope comes about you know yeah it's it's definitely like 
like don't get me wrong like we all get a choice to to drink or not and and realizing that choice you get to choose that i mean it's definitely a release yeah like it like i'm not well we are not saying that it's good or bad to drink you 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 make the choice whether you want to drink or not it's definitely a release for men to do Mm -hmm. but i wasn't it wasn't to the point where i was some people uh, i know some people that drink a case i was like i didn't enjoy it like i wouldn't get to the point where i was um drinking a bottle and i mean i'd obviously know that where my limits were but I, i used to get just so i guess you could say just because everyone else was, I need. I feel like I need to get on the same level as them. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah and then, and then when I got older, I just sort of got wiser as well. So it's definitely a massive. It's yeah, it's, it's it helps with the releasing it. But that's all we've been taught, right? Like as a as a, as a society, and we've been conditioned to believe like all this other stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Um. So how is things out? So I didn't really do it in the intro. I wanted to kind of get into the conversation. I guess earlier this time, but but now you're a motivational speaker, you're a coach, you're that kind of stuff. So how has <clears throat> how, how did that transition happen? I guess how did you sort of flip out of that mindset where you were into now doing something so positive? <coughs> I guess. Yeah, well, I've I've mentioned this on a on a um, a previous interview that I've done. Um, I think it comes down to the people you surround yourself with. So I think it was two thousand and. 2013 um, now for the people watching and listening i graduated high school at 2010 um so it was about 2013 which is when i went around when i was 21 22 i got my first first job um and then i met a good friend of mine brendan and may he rest in peace um he sort of was someone that i mean i was always into like some sort of training and exercise but he's someone that got me in a position where like we drink, we'd have mm-hmm. fun, we do this and that, but he got me into like health and health and fitness and stuff like that. So, um, and I've always known like since I started, since he, since he's helped me, when he helped me do that, the coaching, the motivational speaking, it was something inside of me, but I didn't realize it until, until, um, that's just he, he until he until he left this world a couple of years ago, right. um, okay. which sort of shifted my reality like to the point where like I was I was I love life like I love love hang, like hanging out with him and he he's someone that helped me get out of a rough patch and just looked out he looked out for the best in me when I didn't see it in myself. Um, whether that was going to the gym, whether it was eating, he even wrote up a diet plan for me, a PT plan, exercise plan. He was a PT at the time, just just through our love for certain things. Like we both love MMA and, and like sort of sports and like martial arts and stuff like that. So yeah, we just sort yeah, of connected yeah. from that point. And then the coaching and motivational speaking just come from what I've been through my whole life. I knew I, I knew I've, that's what I wanted. Even a few years ago, I said to myself, I've, if I can inspire one person, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, that's, if I, if, if I can inspire just one person to make a change, to, to shift their thoughts in a different way, mm-hmm. man, that's, that's what I'm here for. Like I'm here to, I'm here to, I'm here to help people like that. And I've always known that with my mission I've had, I've, it's just, I've just done what I've can with what I've got. 
I haven't really looked like I have a disability because at the end of the day, we, the disability is what you place in yourself. Yeah. Um, and I've just done things the best that I can, what I've had. I've never really, never looked at my life like I have a condition in the first place. I have yeah. limit. I have certain physical attributes that may be, many people might look at like, like funny or, or weird, but I mean, I'm, I'm proud of that. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm all for that. And I may speak a certain way, but I mean, I, I laugh at myself. So, yeah, and that's yeah. where I fell into that coaching, mentoring, motivational speaking as well. Awesome. And it, it's great that, you know, you've, you, you know, you've done it a couple of times. You've, you've just said it there, but I noticed you're doing it a few times talk about the, the wine the wine glass legs and, and stuff. You do kind of take the mick out of yourself a little bit. But no, it is, but it's, it's great to see. And I guess you can kind of see, you know, from, from, from the outside looking in and talking to you and stuff, you can, you can kind of see that the, the mindset has, has flipped um, since you were younger, obviously, do you know what I mean? You probably, I, I guess you're always hating it and, and kicking yourself and giving out about yourself because you couldn't do A, B and C or you went out to go and said, that's going to bring you down a lot. But now looking at you and what you do, it's like, look, this is who I am and it is what it is. Yeah. Almost. Yeah. I still, I still kick myself like, as we all do. Like we're obviously, I, I've like to consider myself my own harsh critic. I still kick myself in yeah, certain yeah, things yeah, I'm yeah, not yeah. doing, but it's like, it's like, I've got a picture like my life it's like i'm very grateful for what i've got in my life for, yeah. for what i can do because there's some people that can't even walk so i'm very thankful for that and that's amazing that's amazing so we've we've spoken and i guess i've i've talked about it a lot on on different shows on different episodes and and different posts that i've done videos and stuff that i've done or whatever else but when and I really wanted to get into this with you a little bit. When we when we look at, I guess some of the therapies, right? And and I don't, I don't really like to use the word therapy a lot because it. I think a lot of lads, if they say if you if you kind of say therapy to them, it's like I don't need a therapist. There's nothing wrong with me. Do you know what I mean? There there is again. There's kind of a stigma associated, obviously, to men and mental health, but there's a, I think there's a bigger stigma associated to the therapies that are out there. Do you know what I mean? Um, and you've got your traditional, you know, counselors and psychotherapists and stuff. Um, and, and for me, that's what I needed at, at breaking point for me, um, was to, to, to go to a psychotherapist. And once I kind of came off the meds and I was able to get my head straight a bit more, then I could start looking into, I guess, the newer forms of, of therapy for lack of better expression. So mindfulness, breath work, meditation, hypnosis, um, you know, really looking into NLP and CBT and all of that kind of stuff. So, um, what, how is it for you kind of looking at, at that element of it? Because I know you practice mindfulness and breath work and stuff as well. Um, what is it about that? I guess taking that kind of stuff into your life on a daily basis, how does that help? Yeah. So that, that's, that's all that, that's a great, that's a great, um, a great question. So I found breathwork and mindfulness only well, two years ago after when I lost my best mate, Brendan, and that sort of shifted, shifted my reality. Like he lived his dream. So I was like, okay. I need, and, and for me, it's more, it's more so like I've, I need to change my life in order so I can get moved forward in my life. So that's when I found breathwork through a guy called Dr. Espen who teaches it. 
Um, he teaches like quantum physics and stuff like that. I just come across an ad and I was like, what can I do to shift my life? And then the breath work and the mindfulness stuff, it's sort of something I fell into. I think it found me really. Right. Um, so the breath work, it's allowed me to be able to control my emotions, but also express my emotions in a much healthier way by simply using the breath. And there's so many different breathwork techniques you can do um, that can help you with that. And it's allowed me to be able to express who I am truly just by working on certain areas. And then like, like, for example, like meditation, like meditation was something I never did. As of a yeah, couple of years yeah. ago, I never, ne- never, never knew that what the f- what it was. <laughs> um, I mean, I, I heard about it, but I, I mean, I just didn't know what it was. And then when you, I, I heard, I sort of heard about breathwork in a way, mm-hmm. but I didn't really know what it was. And I, I like breath. Okay, we have breath. And then it's it's just given me, like for example, if I'm if I'm in a low low energy state of mind and for the viewers and the listeners low energy state of mind is just if i'm like if i'm not feeling the best if i'm like sad if i'm if i've had something happen to me that's um just i guess you could say triggered something i don't like using that word happening to me because it's it's not the case everything happens for you in life Um, whatever you go through no matter the challenge you're trying to overcome whether it's mental physical emotional it's happening for you for a reason Mm -hmm. Nothing in life is happening to you. Love that. Um, but it's it's having like the breath work. It's allowed me to to tap into what I'm feeling inside. And I used to do it on a on a day to day basis, but I realise now that it's just a tool for me to have. I've got a tool now that I can use instead of having to use alcohol as a coping mechanism or mm. having to use drugs as a coping mechanism. I now have breath to do that yeah yeah and then the hypnosis part i fell into i think a, a year and a half a year a year and a half ago now um a practitioner of hypnosis is something that i've always i've always been intrigued with mindset because i think my mindset is very very strong um because of what i've gone through in life yeah for sure yeah. and so i just surrounded myself with the right people with mentors with coaches and that's when that fell into place and then it got thrown at me opportunity to do hypnosis and it just, let's just say I'm very suggestible. And, <laughs> and <laughs> right. for people that don't know what hypnosis is, hypnosis is just a, um, so we all in, so we live 5% in our conscious mind. 95% of our brain is unconscious thoughts, negative thoughts, patterns, behaviors, and emotions and feelings. Mm-hmm. So most of like, we we're only living in five percent so when you can the hypnosis actually taps into subconscious so what it does it shifts certain emotions and memories and it gives you suggestions to make positive change in your life just using the power of words and the power of suggestibility so that stuff i fell into because the guy that i did my practitioner with uh he i was easily suggestible and everything he he had me like a you could say a dummy, like, or what are you, the stage show? And I was like, okay, this is cool. Then I got to the point, I was like, I need to learn this stuff myself. So then I started learning. As I've always been a learner. I've never, never stopped learning, never will stop learning. And it's just, 
intrigued me now. It's even more the mindset. I'm much more in diverse and different mindsets and how I can improve my own mindset to shift more of my own reality. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the mindfulness stuff, it's something that I've, I've discovered. It's, it's helped me so much just release traumas, um, release certain, certain emotions, like release certain emotions that no longer serve me, just power of different processes, whether that's NLP or, or breath work and just let go of things that I, that no longer serve me just through the power of breath work and the power yeah. of words. Yeah. And it's, it, it's funny, like, because kind of like you, it was a couple of years ago. Um, actually, no, it would have been last year, actually yeah. last summer. So, so there's a, <clears throat> there's a guest on, on the podcast, one of the first interviews I've done, and he's, he's become a, a really, really good friend of mine now since, since we started talking and getting him on the podcast. Um, Justin, so he's from Arizona, and I, I, I think I nearly probably mention him on every episode now at this stage. He gets a little shout out, um, but like that, I think it, it was, it was a random chance meeting almost. It was a post I put up on Facebook, so I'd, I'd come out with a therapy, um, and I was trying to think of what am I doing, you know, I was. Get, trying to get the podcast up and running, a few ideas floating around. And then I was thinking, okay, well, everyone always talks about the physical health benefits to, or the mental health benefits to, to workouts, mm. going to the gym, going for a run, doing all this kind of stuff. Mm. And I kind of threw myself into everything at, the, at that point. I was trying to find it all. I was looking at mindfulness. I was mm. like reading up and looking into NLP and CBT and meditation and hypnosis. And, and you can kind of get a little bit overwhelmed by all of it as well, you know, because there is so much. And like, like you, I would be quite, I would be quite susceptible like that as well. Right. Um, so, I think like the traditional therapy, that's what I needed at that point in time. And I came out of it. But since now I've got a lot more of an open mind to like that, the, the breath work, the meditation, all of that kind of stuff. And I put a post up and I was saying, right, can anyone help me? Right. I'm, this is what's happened. Um, I'm trying to show what the mental health benefits are to working out. And at this point in time mm. in my life, I don't work out. I get tired running a bath. Do you know what I mean, right? So, um, and, and with that, then Justin kind of replied and said, "Hey, look, I'm a I'm a PT. I'm a fitness. I'm a qualified fitness instructor. Um, let's let's have a chat." So we started talking. He designed a program for me. He's like, "Right, this is what you're gonna do. These are the days you do it." He sent. He took the time to do videos for me, to show me the exercises, all that. And, and it, for, for me, it was very important that it wasn't in a gym. It was at home mm. with as little equipment as possible. Because from an anxious point of view and from an anxiety, anxiety perspective, um, I, I wanted guys to, to see that this is possible to do in your own sitting room or in your own bedroom or in the house where you don't have to go to a gym to get this level of fitness into you. Do you know what I mean? Um, so we fast forward a couple of weeks, I had an accident and broke my leg. <laughs> so I wasn't able to start doing that. And I was in the car. So I, I sat with Justin then again, <clears> and we were chatting away. we did the episode and he's like, how are you doing? I said, I'm not great. Mate. I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm starting to slip. The leg is broken. I'm hobbling around the house. It's horrible. It's middle of summer. Um, so he got me into the bridge. So he's a Kung Fu practitioner. He's a, he's a Kung Fu teacher what he does now he teaches primary school kids um kung fu and stuff but he's also a qigong 
um, practitioner as well. So he got me into the breathing exercises through the Qigong element. And up until then, and for 30 odd years prior to that, I was having nightmares. I couldn't sleep at night. I was afraid to go to sleep at night because my anxious brain was just firing on all cylinders when I'd get into bed. So I'd have to, I would watch my phone until I literally passed out. Because I, I couldn't just, you know, turn the light off and close my eyes and go to sleep, right? Um, and then I would be having nightmares and night terrors ever since I was a kid all the way up. And from taking on that breathwork exercises and getting into bed every night and then just lying back and taking those deep breaths and doing those little exercises, boom, I was out cold, fast asleep. And now I, I haven't had a nightmare since, which is incredible. And you, like, it sounds so yeah. simple. And people, yeah, mm-hmm. and people mm-hmm. are kind of say, like, oh, so you learn to breathe. Like, you, you do that every day. And it's like, nah. There's a, there's a big difference in it, you know, and certainly from somebody with, with anxiety, and I know a lot of people with anxiety would, would have this as well. So my breath only ever comes to about here. So mm-hmm. I'm very shallow breathing as it is anyway. Mm-hmm. So taking the time, as you said, to just sort of sit back and breathe in and let the stomach come out and properly exercise, recycle the air that's probably sitting stagnant in the lungs for a couple of days or whatever. Um, and it is like when you get into one of those anxious moments and you can kind of remember, okay, just stop breathe just take it like the benefits to it are just absolutely incredible they really are mm-hmm. yeah and i think that's i've got asthma myself so right. okay. so so you so 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 for someone like like me who's got asthma which i i i don't even like i don't even use my asthma proper like like very rarely i use it now but for someone like me it's like okay breath people are like well, what do you mean like breath and this is for all the viewers and listeners like breathing most people don't breathe properly most people just breathe yeah. without like if you, if you think about it like you go on a plane they tell you to breathe in the bag the reason mm. they tell you that is to actually know how you're breathing properly not to vomit in the bag so having having like anxiety or asthma just simple three breaths before you go to bed like in through the nose and out through the mouth just deep breaths just can literally can change your state just like that yeah 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 and I thought he was mad, like, because he was saying, you know, just was saying, Look, we're gonna we're gonna work on the breathing, right? You can't do the physical side of kick on I'm like, <clears throat> he goes, you know, I'll teach you how to breathe properly. I'm like, I think yeah. I know how to. Like, I'm still alive. Do you know what I mean? I've been kind of breathing for thirty odd years, mate. You know, um, but it is it's a different spin on it, and 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 then even get you know getting into those anxious moments and those times where I can feel mm. myself getting worked up and stuff. It is really a case of just okay just take that breath in and out just and it does it kind of drops the heart rate it slows you down it kind of focuses your brain a lot more um and it, and it is like i think people underestimate the power of you know of the, the breath work and even the, the you know again like he's helped me through the meditation side of things as well um and i think you know just to kind of comment on on your hypnosis element of it so there's a guy on the show uh, I released the episode a few weeks ago, Sean. So he's from the UK. He's got a a company called New Me Therapy. Um, and, and it is all of that. It's mindfulness, it's hypnosis, it's breath work, it, you know, all of that kind of stuff. Uh, NLP, CBT. And he had said to me, look, I've seen some of your posts. I'd like to get you on and, and do some do some hypnosis work with you. And like I'm kind of looking at him going, here, 
you're going to have me dancing around a chicken or, or, you know what I mean? Dancing around thinking I'm a chicken or, or whatever, you know, you're going to try and get into me head and make me think I'm this, that, and the other. And I didn't really understand what that side of hypnosis, like you hear the hypnosis element, you know, you hear people saying, you know, I got hypnotized on stage last week and I thought I was fucking BB King or something. Like, you know what I mean? Um, but it was very, like that when he got into it and explained it to me, and as you say, you know, you have 5% of your brain is and the rest of it is the subconscious element of it. And when you get into it and when you started doing it, it was insane, the stuff I was coming out with. Like I was bringing up stuff from when I was five and six that I haven't thought about mm-hmm. in 30 odd years. Um, and you're, it's not that you're asleep or it's not that you're um, unaware of what's going on. Like you're fully conscious. You know exactly what's happening. Mm-hmm. You can snap out of it at any second. Do you know what I mean? Um, but as you said, you're just a little, little bit more susceptible to going inside your own head and trying to pick out some of those traumas that are maybe causing you to behave in a certain way or, you know, new experiences that happen now will trigger past experience that were negative to you and, and will make you react in a certain way. And I guess that's where all the NLP stuff comes into it then as well, because our our brains have been programmed and conditioned over so many years to to act and react and behave in certain ways to certain situations yeah exactly and then the, the hypnosis isn't isn't that thing where they turn into a chicken it's um <laughs> it's just it's actually it's a natural state of just calmness and peace mm. like it's it's just tapping into the subconscious and you've got to in order for it like people say i'm not i don't want to be hypnotized uh, it's it's scary thing but that's because mainstream media has made it out to be like the scary thing yeah, yeah um yeah, for sure. whereas it's just an informal it's just a normal state of trance like it's like when you when you are uh, like for example if i was to give you the keys to my car and then put you in the driver's seat and then told you where to told you where to go and you said no the car wouldn't move right mm-hmm. you've got to actually project like work, you've got yeah. to take the yeah. action to do the work like it's all it's all subconscious things and that's the reason it comes up traumas because your subconscious brain stores all those memories and thoughts so it's bringing it up and you may not be aware of it but then it brings it up you're like oh that's why that that's why that's why i react in this situation yeah yeah and and when you can tap into the unconscious you can actually start releasing certain things in your life that no longer serve you just yeah, through the exactly. power of hypnosis or nlp yeah 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 and and again like for me that was that was a massive kind of light bulb moment for me after after mm, doing that yeah. and with sean it was it was a couple of hours um i think it was the guts of two two and a half hours we did that session for um and and he's actually part of my coaching program now so as as part of the program i take my clients with to help with their stress and anxiety and stuff um if they if they want it there's a session with with Sean um to, to go through that hypnosis element as well. So I'll give I'll give Sean a little plug out today. So new me therapy. Give him a shout. Um new me therapy, okay. Yeah, so he's good. He's 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 really good. He's a, just a a genuinely nice guy as well. Do you know what I mean? Um but like that from the NLP and looking at it and and you kind of remember like so so something happens to you at a certain point in your life as a as a kid as a child as a teenager or whatever and you you attach an emotion and a, and a feeling to that situation and then years later somebody could say something completely innocuous to you um but boom it's 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 triggered that emotion and that feeling and now is making you react so by doing the hypnosis element of it it just kind of 
I guess it just opens your mind to, to, to understanding why you're doing that and why you're behaving in a certain way and why you're reacting in a certain way. It's because 20 years ago, that's how it made you feel. So you're, you're still carrying, as you say, your brain still stores it. So you're still carrying those emotions and memories and feelings, um, to, to certain situations. And, and that, I think that's where we need to get with mental health as well. We need to start understanding mm. it a lot more. It's, it's not just about, yes, there are elements, right. And there are certain circumstances, you know, where the death of a parent or a loved one or something like that, right. is going to steer you into depression. Absolutely. Right. And that, that fact, um, there are times where, you know, like in, in your case, it's a, it's a, a, a physical element that has had an impact on how you grew up and how you're growing up in life and, and that kind of stuff. And one of the other guys on the show was the same. He had chronic back pain. Um, and in his early late teens, early twenties, he should have been out living his best life with his mates from college and uni and stuff, but he couldn't get out of bed some days because of the pain in his back. And that's what, that was the spiral he went down into, into depression. So there is, there are certain situations in life and there's things that's going to happen to you that are going to have a, an impact on your mental health. But I also think we need to start talking a lot more about, you know, the, the childhood experiences and even small little things that, you know, may not seem like a big thing now, but they do have an impact on how you behave and how you react in situations as you, as you get older. And I think, you know, certainly for men, we need to start understanding this because like I always say, we don't talk enough as it is. Um, <clears throat> we, we don't talk about our feelings. We don't talk about our emotions. We don't, talk about the stresses that life gets to us you know and the anxiety that we feel um so we just bury it until we become this agitated aggressive ball of energy almost mm, i just got just got goosebumps from you saying that because it's it's so true like for me like i've always been that person that's not being able to express my voice because i've been shut down because of a disability that people feel like they have to segregate me to put to the side. And it's hundred percent true. It's, it's what we've been conditioned as men to yeah, not express yeah. ourselves. Oh, you shouldn't say you shouldn't cry. You're a man. But the other day crying releases an emotion. Yeah. Like I, I literally cried today. I just, I was just not feeling it. So I was like, why am I just bringing up emotion? Let's just cry. And it's, it's a powerful thing because you can release it and you can let go of it. But at the same time, like it's, it's okay to express your emotions. If something's going on, ask for help. Like it's okay to ask for help. Absolutely. And in the right way, like you can say to someone, oh, how, how are you doing? They're going to be like, good. But one thing I like to reframe it is what's going on. If you frame it like that and ask someone what's going on, it's a bit more open-ended because they're going to say good. But if you can sense that they're not good, just ask me if they want anyone to talk to. Yeah, 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 absolutely. So look, I'm going to let you give a little plug out for yourself now as well. So for the guys on the other side of the world over in Australia and the Gold Coast, um, how do they get in touch with you, I guess, from a coaching perspective from um, for, 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 for you to kind of start helping them out if they, if they want to get in touch with, with Kyle for coaching, for speaking, for any of the stuff that you do? Yeah, like um, I'm on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook. So it's Kyle, that's K-Y-A-L. Uh, my surname, Current, C-U-R-A-N-T. That's on Facebook. 
Um, and then on Instagram, it's I am Kyle Current, so all one word. Um, or you can just put in my name, you'll find me, as well as TikTok. I'm also on LinkedIn. I don't use that as much as I should. Um, but I'm always posting on Instagram and Facebook. And if anyone wants to reach out for just general, we can, like, whatever you're going through, I'm happy to have a chat with you and have a conversation. And we can work through certain processes and um, keep up to date. Message me if you need to. Um, again, like, we're all we're all here. To support each other whether that's in ireland whether that's in australia whether that's Absolutely. in any other part of the world we all need to start coming together as one and, and just and just know that it's okay to express how we feel know that's okay if you're going through something whether you're going through anxiety whether you're going through stress trauma you can if you surround yourself with the right people you can release those areas of your life and if you follow me i'm always um doing the best that I can with what I've got. And, and if you want to work with me, the door is open to send me a message and start following me and reach out and say, Hey, you got my details off, off the anxious lad. And, 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 um, yeah, that's, that's, um, my tags. I'm not on Snapchat though. So probably won't go on Snapchat. Don't, don't hang no, on Snapchat. I'm, I'm I'm too old for Snapchat. I downloaded it yeah, once, and I was like, nah, <laughs> nah. We leave we leave that for the kids. I'm not, I'm not able for it. Um, I like that. I mean, look, I'm on TikTok as well. I do. I have Instagram, but Facebook is that's the main one for me. Do you know what I mean? There's there's, yeah, there's too many. There's too many apps. I think <laughs> Snapchat's definitely yeah, Facebook, not for me. Facebook, Instagram, Facebook. Yeah, Instagram is where I'm at normally, but Facebook is always good and. And yeah, then yeah. um TikTok as well. Yeah, awesome, awesome. Listen, Kyle, I really appreciate you coming on the show, buddy. It's it's been great to talk to you. Um and and thanks for for sharing. Thank you for showing vulnerability like you did in, in, in the episode today. And and I wish you all the, the very best, mate. Keep doing what you're doing, buddy. Best of luck. Thank you, man. Thanks for having me. And um again, if you took any value from it, we'd love to give you feedback. Um always open to feedback absolutely appreciate it buddy take care of yourself awesome thanks brother see you guys